let's welcome our technology correspondent, Yuha Saarinen. Uh, hi, Yuha. Thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. Good morning. Or now, good- the, the ransomware raiders are back. Just explain some of the victories that there have been of late uh, in the goodies versus baddies battle. Yeah, so um, the the police worldwide, uh, they've been very active and uh, collaborate with lots of different police forces, uh, including AFP in Australia, uh, the NCA, the National Crime Agency in the UK, and the uh, United States Federal Bureau of Investigation, so and, and the Europol and all those. And um, they've been able to really if not dismantle, uh, the police later called disrupt some of the big ransomware gangs uh, in December and January. So we talked about Black Cat, which is the second most prolific operation, and Lockbit, which was the most prolific operation. Uh, All right. And, and, what's, um, and, and what's happened since then? There is a comeback that's happened within days. Uh, yeah, well, we, d- we don't really know what's happening there for sure because um, obviously, you know, we can't trust the criminals that are uh, doing that. But Black Cat has apparently attacked a U.S. health provider. Um, so so that was kind of the least affected operation. There were no uh, criminals named or there was no arrests made, uh, no funds being uh, seized, uh, you know, cryptocurrency and all that. So I'm kind of not surprised that at least some of their affiliates, because these ransomware criminals operate as a service um, business. So it means that um, the people who develop the actual malware, they don't they don't use it themselves. They sell it to others who then conduct the attacks. So um, it's it's very likely some affiliates are continuing and uh, then because the uh, website is there, there's. Uh, um, not as many victims on it uh, because there's still the information to publish it if you don't pay as well. And you shouldn't pay because even if you do pay, as we learn from Lockbit, they don't delete the information. So it can be really sensitive personal information there. Um, but they, they are possibly back in business, Black Cat. Um, Lockbit has got the website back up and running again and they're bragging it at their back. Um, but at the same time, though, the police really, really dented lock, but they named some of the people, there were arrests made, and there's still 120 million US dollars confiscated as well. So whatever happened there has really got to hurt them. Can you explain more about exactly what the police did do? What they did do, um, the details, they obviously keeping quite a bit to themselves, but there was some interesting technical detail there. That they, they, uh, I, I mean, apart from the fact that they now share information really widely. So, so like the United States and Australia, they've got like formal cooperation now so that prov- providers can access like, uh, user metadata and that kind of stuff when it's a really serious matter. So, so that's become really way more improved now. And obviously got more experience as well. But what's interesting is that the, uh, UK police and Europol, they apparently found that the Lockbit website uh, had a vulnerability to one of the, the programming language to create a web website. So they actually hacked them, which is uh, kind of delightful, isn't it? That they um, nice little bit of reverse 
<laughs> reverse yes. psychology. Yeah. Yes, yes. So, so that's become more common that the uh, that kind of offensive hacking or hacking back. Uh, I wasn't too sure about it myself at the start of person, but um, I, I, I'd say that the ransomware problem is monumental. Um, been some estimates that suggest it's well over a US billion dollars a year. Just explain so, the uh, entry points here. How how it works. How, how you get into the uh, networks. How, how, they, how sorry, ransomware the, works. How, yes, exactly. How they Oh, how ransomware, they get... sorry. Uh, well, um, it's there's multiple ways of doing it, but normally you'd have to get the user to run uh, a malicious program somehow or the other. Click on the link or whatever, through, yeah? Click on the link, download something, um, and it, it, it can be... Uh, you know, it can be something that looks like an invoice. Like you send it to an accounts department and the people there, they're trained to open attachments. It says invoice and it could just say PDF. You click on that and it uh, it's booby-trapped and it runs malicious code and it downloads uh, a self-running ransomware encryptor. There's lots of other ways of doing this, but... Uh, that's usually how they do. Other times, they've been able to uh, get in through vulnerabilities in, in operating systems. And even some of the um, network protection devices like firewalls. And then, the, then they can, what they can do as well is so they can sit in your networks for months on ends, the attackers, and then they map it out and, and work out, well, where's all the good stuff? Oh, it's over there. And in many cases, because uh, I, I went to see Cordia recently, they pointed out that uh, customers often don't know what's on the network, what's, where the valuable data is. But the uh, ransomware raiders, they, they make sure to find it all. And uh, then they copy it over, they steal your data, and then they encrypt it. They essentially sent out a press release, didn't they, these guys, um, explaining what had happened to them and how they're back up and running. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but again, are they back up and running? How well are they back up and running? I think with the ransomware as a service model, when you when you sell things, you kind of have to keep up the uh, PR there and just say that, hey, look, you know, we we we're just kind of vulnerable here, and uh, we'll keep on going because no doubt some of these uh, these affiliates they were paid already. And they expect to get their money's worth. So All they right. put down a few thousand dollars. Mm. All right. And uh, they're probably not very nice people. And I would imagine that they, if, if they don't get the use of their ransomware, they will leak to the police. All right. Let's have a look at the Mobile World Congress kicking off in Barcelona mm. shortly. What can be expected here? What's the range of, uh, range of gadgets and good bits? Right. So yes, so it's it's actually on 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 this week. It started on uh, on, on Monday European time, and uh, I've been I've been keeping an eye on it, and it seems quite subdued uh, compared to previous years. So if you look at the like you know the old sort of visible stuff like the gadgetry there, um, they're still doing like uh, different variations of uh, like bendable screens. Lenovo has been doing that a lot. So Lenovo 
as a laptop with a see-through screen, the transparent screen. Um, I don't know if you're following the uh, computer electronics show in Las Vegas, and had like big 77-inch TV sets which were transparent. And it kind of, I was, I was looking, I think, well, why would you have that? And it's kind of weird. It's just like looking through, a, it looks like a recipe holder to me. You <laughs> just kind of look through it. What, what, is, right. the, what is the purpose? Right, so, so um, Samsung's been, been, been doing that with the frame. So, so instead of having a big black screen in your living room, you can have artwork. Yes. And I, I, and I was thinking about the transparent screen. So that's maybe instead of having an aquarium, so you can actually see through there. So, uh, you know, so you're working on your so screen you and you can keep an eye on what the kids are doing or keep an eye on, on, on what your uh, person across the desk yeah. in the cubicle is doing. It's... Yeah, so, so look, I'm, I'm quite curious about them. And, um, that would annoy the hell out of me, to be frank. But anyway, that's fine. <laughs> so would Google Glass and just about yeah. everything else that these guys cook up. Um, it's oh, just another look, distraction, it could, it could... right? Yeah, it could could just be another another three um, D TV thing that, or you know, curved screens and that okay. kind of stuff. And, and the and the bendable we'll screens. Just explain more. The bendable screens. So, so um, we got foldable screens at the moment. Uh, I'm sure you've seen it. I've got a lovely little, uh, quite big actually, Apple device that folds in the middle, and uh, Motorola, which is uh, also part of Lenovo nowadays. They've actually managed to come up with a concept again. So it's not for sale, but a, but a screen that you can bend and wrap around your wrist. And again, is that useful? I'd have to try it out uh, for myself to, you know, just see. Look, why do don't you, they do just go right ahead it? and plant it straight in our brains? They're near enough already with Google Glass, aren't they? The interesting thing about one bendable flown, uh, one bendable mm. or flexible screen I've seen is that you can effectively flip through ebook pages. That could be quite useful because that's something that frustrates me mm. um, with any kind of uh, tablet or whatever. Reading a book on any kind of tablet or a report, even you can't stick your finger yeah. in you know the right bits or fold the right bits. Um, but that's an interesting. Uh, development, yeah. So, so the foldable foldable form factor is kind of good in that way that you can you get the best of both worlds. So you get like a normal phone size, and then you can, you can have an iPad by just opening up. So, but I, again, it really depends on how you use it. And then, of course, you don't you don't have a keyboard. I mean, because I'm, I'm a writer, I'm really dependent on a keyboard. I find it hard to use um, iPads for any length of time. But just just in general, it's, it's seen like you get all the smartphone makers are trying to um, muscle in on laptop territory in that sense that you just have a single device and compete that way. Here's another flex. So, it's a bit like a flip phone, but it flips down the centre, um, mm. which I suppose just means that you end up with a with a much larger screen once you've unfolded the thing. I still don't know how big that is when it comes to carrying it around. It's interesting, isn't it? You're always waiting for the next big thing as opposed to just incremental improvements or funkiness being added to the existing thing. Um, and where do you think we are at the moment? Are we at the stage where it's incremental rather than some kind of dramatic change in how we do our digital? Oh, yeah. At, at the moment, um, we still have to have a device. That's uh, what I'm waiting for is the device to go away. And that is, in a sense, what uh, Apple and Meta and all the others are doing. 
when when they try and develop those big goggles, the AR, VR goggles, and glasses, and all that. So just just do it over your screen. And Samsung, interesting enough, they, they started developing a ring. So you put on this ring that senses your hand movements, and then you. <laughs> it would probably look a bit like you know you're in a Harry Potter movie or something. You know, One ring to rule them all. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, so, so it will detect what you do with your hands. Um, on, on the new Apple Watches, it will, it will detect some finger movements. So if you tap your fingers together, it can launch certain things and you don't have to touch the watch. So, but again, are we gonna, are we gonna be wearing heavy helmets or? Uh, just gonna sit on the sofa rings? and bat our eyelids at some stage, aren't we? You. <laughs> Let yeah. our lives unfold in front of us. Very good. So that's um, underway now. Uh, and is it a huge event? How yeah. many? How many turn up? Um, I, I never actually looked that up, but uh, usually I got, got eighty-five thousand uh, here from TechCrunch. That's a few. Eighty-five thousand. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. That's a few it, bots. It's, uh, yeah. So I, I was actually I was going to go once. That was the same year. That was twenty twenty. So COVID happened. And I actually arrived in Barcelona and everything was shut down. The event was cancelled and the whole city, Barcelona, just uh, fell into this depression. So it's really big business for them. For sure. So, now, introduce me to Sora from OpenAI. Sora, uh, yes. So that, that is, uh, it's called a um, diffusion transformer um, AI. And that doesn't mean anything to normal people, but um, it's basically a way to generate images by taking an image, adding noise to it, and then reducing the amount of noise in that image to generate a new image. It's really not obvious at all. You can ask a computer scientist to explain it, and uh, you'll still be really hard to understand. But the point of Sora is that uh, it, it can create the minute-long videos at the moment, uh, limited resolution and all that. But they do look good. They got lots of flaws still, like you get some, you get objects not aligning properly, like, or, or the boundaries of objects not aligning properly, uh, things appearing and disappearing in the videos. So this is text-to-video. Uh, is this where I could give an instruction? I know this is starting to happen in film editing. Exactly. You can say, exactly um, you know, so. have, a, have a person ride across this scene in a motorbike or show me a woman walking down. I'm looking at one right now. Show me a woman walking down a Tokyo street. She's wearing a black jacket. She's wearing this and that. You can yes. say it, and the AI will generate the video. Yes, yes, it will. Um, you, you don't really know what, what the end result is going to be, but yes, you can just give a general kind of prompt like that, and it will do that for you. So, um, and and at, at the moment, it's definitely not ready there yet because um, even though we say intelligence, artificial intelligence, then it's not intelligent in the sense that it's aware of the world. So it doesn't know things like physics, like if you ask it to, I don't know, to create a scene with a basketball in it, then it doesn't know how the basketball should bounce. And and some of the uh, objects are met, uh, or the materials that they're made of, they end up looking really weird because it doesn't understand their physical uh, properties. All of that uh, is in the work and works, and you could... Uh, it's possibly going to be uh, some interaction there with computer game physics engines. 
It will also learn you heart though. Like all they, AI, it yeah. will get more and more refined over time. Yeah. So, so, so that's that. That's again. So, it's, you need these two technologies to meld. That you got this um, tech or software that actually learns the physics of the real world. And I, I think. So that's still some way off, and you know it's not not public or anything, so we can't try it out. Um, so we don't know exactly how it's good super it is. Cool but, though, um, I, I could see it being used. You know, perhaps not for critical engineering projects for the reasons you've just given. Physics yeah. comes in handy there, but I could see it for kids mm. doing projects and um, people storyboarding creative things. Um, wonderful, very fast way to oh. generate video. Yeah, yeah, and and. Uh, but the the main main thing about that is that the, even though you can see that okay, well, it's not good enough yet, it's not going to uh, put filmmakers out of business, but it does have a chilling effect. Um, I was reading about Mr. Tyler, the filmmaker in the U.S., uh, who just uh, cancelled an eight hundred million U.S. dollar investment in his studio in Atlanta because he 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 was demoed uh, Sora. And uh, he's been using AI, um, just uh, using one a couple of scenes where he had to put on makeup to age. And and instead of doing that, you know, spending hours in a makeup chair, he used AI to age himself and save hours and hours. So he has an idea what uh, AI will be able to do. So instead of building like uh, this massive uh, expanded studio facility, with sound stages and, and all of that, he's just going to wait and see. You've just raised so a, think, a really important point, actually, which is not the imminent yeah. demise of, God forbid, yet more jobs in creative industry, but the fact that That's some right. big investments and big physical infrastructure are likely going to be paused as people wait to see where this yeah. might lead, yeah? Yeah, that's that's totally it. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm worried about that. Um, because we don't we don't know yet. I mean, how good is it going to be? How useful will it be? Uh, generating single images, still images, is really expensive in terms of computer resources and stuff. Now imagine doing like I don't know a thirty second ad or any anything else. Uh, how much will that cost? So uh, meanwhile, all the investments are being put on hold. Um, the uh, technologies that could make traditional filmmaking better, well, that's probably going to be put on hold as well while people fiddle with AI instead. It is, um, so it, it it's one of the most effect. affected industries. There's no question of that. I was just um, musing the mm. other day, Yuha, about the one about the designs for the proposed new Auckland Stadium. And one of them is that mm. beautiful curved structure. They were going to build a whole precinct around this beautiful curved structure. Um, and I kept thinking, you know, by the time that gets built, Will tens of thousands of us still flock to stadiums to watch events, or will we be sitting on our sofas having the same experience virtually? Um, it's it's a, it's an interesting question as to how much you invest in physical infrastructure, but certainly in film, uh, you can see why that would be an imminent or, or a near future issue to be thinking about. Yeah, so AI, um, because it has the ability to summarise and and when that happens, it it, it means that uh, you you let this sort of digital uh, thing do all the work for you. So it means that uh, you don't physically go anywhere. 
like you wouldn't go to a website, you might not even go to an event or anything like that. You, you just ask the AI to summarize things for you on a screen. Or so, put, you, or yes, put, or exactly. put you there virtually. I think some people would still like to be at some of these events, still like to be at a concert, but the question is whether we will in the same mm. numbers or the same frequency as we do now, whether, whether we'll go there. Fascinating stuff. Thank you so yeah. much. Yuha Saarinen, who is a technology journalist and a communicator,